This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. everyone and welcome to another episode of on the turnbuckle here on my podcast house.com or whatever you're listening to us on thank you for joining us as i say day to my co-hosts welshie and lyle hello boys it's a very good day tony how are you excellent thank you welshie lyle how are you buddy yeah uh, not too bad mate looking forward to going back to work i tell you this uh isolation being at home at the, with the family for two weeks doesn't doesn't yeah. sit try being isolated and having to work at the same time much yeah, no, worse. I couldn't handle that. No, I, could, no, exactly. I couldn't handle that. Just the the lack of accomplishment, uh, the feel you get out of a day when you're just stumbling around watching Netflix, playing too much PlayStation. My whole life's been a lack of accomplishment, Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, music that brought us into the show was rolled on by The Living End, and the reason we played that was, is I'm not incorrect, is that uh, Richie Taylor's intro music, isn't it? It is. Um, we hope you played Roll On. I've got a suspicion you'll accidentally play Prisoner of Society or a different Living End song, yeah. but that is Richie Taylor's music. Good, and we're going to be chatting up with uh, Richie in just a couple of sex time. Uh, Royce Chambers, boys, last week, great episode. Well done. He's one yeah. of my favourites, Royce. Yeah, he's so fun Such a good and kid. laid back and casual and, you know, yeah, he's... He's still got an innocent spirit about him. Uh, and he loves taking the piss out of you, Tony. So he's yeah, no, a winner in our fun. book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would have thought that uh, that was just uh, par for the course on this program. No <laughs> doubt about I'm, it. I never take the piss out of you, Tony. I'm oh, no, no. really nice. No, you just... Yeah. Uh, he, he let Lyle take the piss out of me and then you just kick me while I'm down. <laughs> no, I take the piss out of you while she speaks the truth. Is it completely different? Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, let's catch up with our guest, guys, because uh, he's waiting online to have a chat to us here. As we say, a very good evening to Richie fucking Taylor. Hello, Richie. <laughs> hey, how you going? I'm very well, thank you, mate. And uh, we should have also thrown into the introduction there that he's the current Wrestle Rock champion. Congratulations on that. Uh, thank you very much. How are you surviving defended. these days, mate? Uh, yeah, oh, business as usual for me. Um, I'm still at work. Um, the only thing different is really I just have to eat at home all the time now, which sucks because that's my hobby, man. I go out and eat, but now it's uh, I have to stay home and do all the cooking. Yeah, it's been um, that's been one of the hardest things for us as well. We do uh, love to head into the... That's my dog wanting to be on the podcast. We do love to... <laughs> hit the local restaurants and um it's been difficult yeah yeah for sure keep talking yeah. Roshi. yeah how's the uh having no wrestling yeah how's that has that been good for the body good for the 
the mind to have a little bit of a force break? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, my body's pretty banged up. I've been doing this for a little while now, including the backyard. So my <laughs> body is, yeah, pretty done. And yeah, mentally, it's, it's good just to have a break for, for a little while. But I am missing it. Um, you know, I was getting bookings quite regularly, like weekly. And now all of a sudden, they dried up indefinitely. You know, it's, uh, it sucks at the moment. But it'll come back. Yeah. Wrestle Rock doesn't have a 30-day uh, any uh, policy that you haven't defended the title in a certain amount of time. You might be stripped by the time the Wrestle Rock comes back. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me, man. It's the only <laughs> singles belt I've had. And now they'll probably get stripped. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> the uh, Jack Tunney coming on. <laughs> The Wrestle Rock Championship, um, obviously one of the more prestigious titles in Victorian wrestling. Um, let's talk through Australian that. Australian wrestling. Because you had a pretty busy night that night. Yeah, too, too busy. Um, nah, yeah, so I had to go out and wrestle Jag. Um, I was already running late because it was my son's um, graduation, grade six. Graduation, so I had to race from the graduation straight there. Um, so, planned some stuff with Jag, um, and then I thought it was just opener, one, two, three, done. But then promoters come up to me and they're like, "Oh, Richie, we need you to do the Rumble as well." And I'm like, "Oh, come on, man, that's that's too much. That's too much." And they're like, "No, no, no we're put we're putting the belt on you tonight." And I was like, "Oh, what?" And then. Yeah, so come out, did the rumble, did the rumble, and then yeah, came out at the end and um, beat Dowie one, two, three. So it's pretty cool, pretty cool. Of all the promotions to win your first um, singles title in, for it to be uh, as, as a straight edge athlete <laughs> to have won the title at the most debaucherous, drunken crowd in Australian wrestling, uh, it's a strange fit. <laughs> it is. But I haven't always been straight edge, you know, and I always used to <laughs> roam around the corner hotel, getting into trouble. So, you know, it was pretty surreal to win my first um, title there at the corner hotel. It's a pretty special place to me. I think Wrestle Rock, would, Wrestle Rock would claim it as a badge of honour of turning you straight edge. That's yeah. how bad it is sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Richie, would it be fair to say that this has probably been the most exciting 12 months for you, wrestling-wise? Yeah, for sure. Um, when I had that match with Robbie at APW, um, just from there, it started to, to blow up. Because I've known Robbie, like, half my life. And, um, you know, he, he was like, I really want more eyes on you, Richie. Um, I'm going to come down, I'll have a match with you, and we'll see, we'll see where it goes from there. And then, yeah, from there, it just sort of escalated. And it's, it's been great, man. Like, because I'm not young anymore, so it's towards the end of my career as well. So it's been good to you know, kind of go out and high. I don't know how much longer I've still got left. So with that in mind, was there a thought process going through your head that maybe a title may not ever jump into your hands? Yeah, for sure. But I, I've never done pro wrestling to win belts. You know, I, I don't really care about the belts. Other people see it differently. But um, for me, I just like, I love wrestling. I'll go out there and I'll put on uh, the best match to my ability, no matter where I am. So... Yeah, belts don't really matter to me. When uh, you had your... I think feel like you've had sort of a career revival the last probably two, three years. Um, and it seems to have started... I remember being in 
uh, at Essendon for, at an MCW show and uh, you were wrestling and I think it was one of the first times I'd seen you at MCW in quite a while and the crowd were really into Richie Taylor and there was a big pocket of the crowd that sort of always cheers for you and then it sort of started to spread among, among the rest of the crowd. Um, but what is it that, what do you think it is that connects with people about you? Um, I think it's, I feel I'm just real. I don't know. I'm just me in the ring. This is, this is me. I'm not, I'm not a body guy. I'm not a flippy dude. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just me in that ring. I'm just an ordinary Joe Blow. I work in a warehouse, you know, and, I come in, I, I do my stuff, I do that hard-hitting stuff that people love at the moment. So I think it's kind of right place, right time. You know, I've been doing that my whole career. And now that because Strong Style is getting a little bit more popular as well, it's, um, yeah, it's sort of just helped me elevate to the next level. Seeing, uh, seeing you wrestle uh, recently at, it was at the Baseball Centre when you, re- you got in the ring with Sammy yeah. Falcon for an exchange. And... Uh, Sammy's one of the smoothest guys in Australian wrestling. And I felt like when you and him were in the ring, it was kind of a few minutes of magic where you guys were really... Uh, smooth's the only word that I can use to put it. I felt like I'd pay a lot of money to see you and him have a, a singles match. And it was a side of your wrestling that we don't get to see a lot of where it was actually chain yeah. wrestling. Well, I, I love chain wrestling. Like, when I first got into wrestling, that's what I wanted to be. Like, all I do would would watch chain and... Um, like emulate all this, all the holds and stuff that I've seen from like uh, Brian Danielson and Chris Hero and Doug Williams and like all the British dudes, Johnny Saint. And um, yeah, I don't get to do it a whole lot because I feel like chain wrestling is a dying art and um, no one wants to see it anymore. And I do try and do it little bits here and there where I can um, for certain crowds. But um, yeah, hey, maybe I'll have to bring it back more if you if you guys are enjoying it. Definitely, if you get back in the ring with Sammy, I'd like to see that match, a singles match between yeah, you. Yeah, Sammy's and great. Now, uh, the, the Thornbury Theatre, being in there, it's, a, it's always a great hot crowd. But when Richie Taylor comes out, something happens. The crowd absolutely goes nuts. You know, the screaming Richie fucking Taylor. It's like you got your own cheer squad in one of the corners there. Um, <laughs> Is that just a busload of your mates uh, coming up from Werribee? <laughs> um, so it originally started uh, with my brother and a couple of his mates. Um, so my brother used to be a wrestler as well, Zane. I'm not sure if you know that. But um, yeah, so I started to get more regular bookings in MCW. And he's like, I'm going to make everyone love you, man. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to bring people. And they're all going to be chanting, you know, I don't give a fuck. He's like, you've been doing it too long to get no recognition. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, whatever, Zane. Zane loves to talk, okay? So I was like, yeah, whatever, man. And then, um, yeah, so it just started as that pocket. And then I don't know which show it was. I think it might have been where I wrestled Robbie at MCW. And far out, man. It was just crazy, crazy atmosphere. And then from there, it was just pretty much everyone seemed to love what I was doing. So it was cool. Yeah. It, it, you split the crowd. In a Robbie Eagles match, you split the crowd, which, yeah, that's a, that's a hard thing to do in Australian wrestling these days. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But um, hopefully me and Robbie get to do it again and I'll kick the shit out of my friend. So it's good fun. <laughs> well, Robbie did uh, message when we asked for listener questions, uh, asking if you're up for a round three. Oh, for sure. We need a decider. Someone book that. New Japan, book that. Come on, guys. 
<laughs> but you also got in the ring with Jimmy Havoc um, in the not too recent past, uh, not too distant past, um, and that's a completely different kind of guy to work with. How was how was that for you? Well, that was very intimidating. Like I'm not going to bullshit any answers here. All right, I was shitting myself because um, I hadn't been at MCW for a while, and then. I got the call up saying, you're going to wrestle Jimmy Havoc. And I was like, what? In a squash match? And they're like, nah, dude, in an actual match. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, all right, cool. Um, so I was shooting myself for like six weeks straight. And then, like, we get to the venue. And Jimmy's a busy man, all right? He's been doing it forever. He's busy. He's doing other things. I'm stressing. I'm pacing. Um, and it was like an hour before the doors open. And he was like, what's your style? And I was like, oh, I do like that strong style sort of stuff. And he was like, well, don't fucking hit me too hard. I was like, oh, I was like, oh. oh okay, man. And he's like, no, seriously, hit me now like you'll hit me in the ring. So we went through it and he's like, yep, all good, brother. And then, yeah, we went out and um, had a fairly decent match, I thought. So that was mainly all on the fly. So that was good. Which everyone can check out on the MCW's streaming. That's uh, the one. Yeah, qu- quality match, quality match. Oh, thanks. And it was great to see Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins uh, copy your jump from the top of the scaffolding <laughs> up against DDT <laughs> in WrestleMania. I against who? I haven't seen any WrestleMania. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you the feud with DCT. Did I say D- DT? Sorry. DCT. Yep. Yeah, you did. <laughs> The feud with DCT uh, last year was was really enjoyable. What's it like? What's he like to work with? Um, I hate that man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. No. He's great. He's he's a true professional. DCT. Uh, not a bad word to say about him. Um, when we started it, uh, started our little feud. He was like. Richie, before, before I leave, I'm going to make you a star. And I was like, yeah, whatever, DCT, fucking hell. Just keep talking shit. And then, um, yeah, then that no DQ happened. And I knew it was magic, man. While it was ha- I don't say that about my matches. I hate watching my matches back, you know. But during that match, I just felt the magic. Everyone was invested. And then when I tapped him out and the crowd stood up, standing ovation, man, I oh, get goosebumps just talking about it. And then, like, my brother comes running over. I don't know if anyone saw it, but he come right to the guardrail. And, like, I hugged him. And then I just started crying. And he's like, you're the man, dude. You're the man. That's why you deserve to be here. You need this big platform. I love you, man. I love you. And I was just bawling. That was it. I was done. It was so emotional. Such a huge match and um, something I'll never forget. Did you need much convincing to jump off the scaffolding? No, actually. (laughs) So... (laughs) I've done crazy shit like that back in the day, yeah. but I feel like I'm more mature now. But um, it was actually Joel that was like, man, you should do something off the scaffold. And I said to DCT, do a frog splash off there? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And that was pretty much it. And just went up there and did it. Wow. <laughs> pretty clever of Joel to suggest uh, big moves like that to other people. Very clever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thankful for him, actually. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah, you brought your brother up a couple of times. Um, yeah. You guys, you know, Zane Taylor, people didn't know. Um, yeah. He's had a really good tag team run for a couple of years there. Uh, what was it like teaming with your brother? Yeah, look, 
for the most part, it was good. Um, he, <laughs> he's never really had the passion for wrestling as I, as I do. So I was always like getting his bookings, always getting the gear, like always doing the promotion. And he would just rock up to the shows and do all the good shit. Um, yeah, but it was good. And it's special. I got to spend some time with him in the ring and stuff. Um, but yeah, just towards the end, he just, just had enough of it. Um, like most of us do. And he's just said, I'm done. I'm out. And that was it. You said you don't know how much longer you've got to go in your career. When will you know that the time's ready? Um, Is there a point in your mind that you think when I get there, I just, that'll be it? That's a good question. Um, Look, and I'm assuming it won't be when the fun's not there because I think you're the guy that's going to have fun all the time. That's not yeah. that's not going to be your situation. Yeah, that's right. I just until the body goes, I think. Um, and with each bump now, it's getting more and more close, and I can feel it myself. Like my hips are really bad, um, and there's no coming back from that. Of like, you know, I'm stretching, I'm doing yoga, I'm trying to do all the right things to keep my body in check. But yeah, just until I physically can't go anymore, I think that'll be it. And I don't think it's too far off. The break um, must be doing the body wonders. Um, what other has it given you a chance to take stock and think about the kind of things you want to do and the kind of stories you'd like to tell uh, for the rest of your career? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just because I'm so heavily involved in the wrestling scene, like in Melbourne, and you know I travel to Adelaide and Queensland and stuff. I just try, when I'm not wrestling, I just try and debunk everything. There's so much bullshit that goes on with it. I just try and not worry about a thing to do with wrestling. I'm just more worried about like my wife and my son, um, you know, and the vegan food I'm cooking. And yeah, I just try and forget about wrestling altogether. So as soon as it comes back, I'm sure I'll start thinking more and more about it. I was going to ask you about the uh, vegan choices in life something that was brought upon you or something that you decided to yourself uh, what was the reason for it uh yeah so i chose to go vegan myself um about eight years ago now just for ethical reasons um the animal cruelty side of things um yeah i was dating a girl at the time who's now my wife and she was a vegetarian and i was like your typical meat eater like oh what do you eat you just eat the grass like just all this bullshit right and then i started going to vegetarian we're all from wherever we get it yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> your western suburbs mentality like nah you gotta have meat blah, blah, meat men whatever um and then i started going to vegetarian restaurants and i was like what is this, this is amazing food like the flavors and everything that they can get out of the food i was actually mind blown and then um yeah i did some research on the dairy industry. And then, yeah, it was like eating uh, meat, eggs, dairy one day and doing a complete 360 and going vegan the next after I found out, yeah, what happens in the dairy industry. It's, um, it's not nice. And I feel like we should all have some more compassion to our um, animal friends. And on top of the ethical reasons, um, do you feel better physically for the change in diet as well? Yeah, 100%, man. Um, like, for me, I, I'm a big believer in, like, karma and stuff. 
And eating animals is bad karma. And I feel like if you're not ingesting that death and suffering and, you know, um, them feeling scared and stuff, it's obviously going to make your body feel a whole lot better. Um, look, I still eat a whole heap of vegan junk food. So I still eat like <laughs> shit. But, <laughs> you know, it's uh, mainly for uh, the animal's health. That's what a vegan is. It's like uh, for uh, animal rights movement as opposed to your health. That's just the added bonus and for the planet and stuff. You're a big um, foodie and... I'd love to know maybe your top three Melbourne vegan restaurants for people who maybe are looking at uh, cutting down on their animal intake and they yes, sure. don't know where to start. Um, yeah, a couple of options that would be a really good place to, to go have a feed once we're allowed out of the house again. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so my go-to places, so a place in Footscray called Krishna on Barkley. They have amazing... Oh, it's in my street. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing Indian food. Go and get some. Um, yeah, all their, they're a vegetarian restaurant, but all the stuff can be done vegan. Oh, beautiful. Um, in the city, Trippy Taco. It's a Mexican joint. That's one of my go-tos. And you, for someone that just wants to stop on their, stop animal intake, um, veggie bar is pretty good too. You've got a mixture of like burgers and mock meats and noodles and just a mixture of stuff so go give that a go as well and if you want me to come along if you pay i'll come all right i will i will come all right, we'll, we'll take up. up on that yeah for sure yeah. sounds like a live podcast definitely there Tony. yeah for sure now, now tell me trippy Tarka, was that one of the assistants in monkey magic you remember the old <laughs> am i right or wrong that was Tarka, i believe so close but not right that's, That's unusual right. for me hey, to get the Monty, name wrong. What a show. What a show. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh I love it. You are, you are old, Richie, if you remember Monkey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> my grandparents raised me, so my grandpa would always be watching Monkey as a kid, so I'd just watch it with him, you know? And then you'd have the Kenny Everett video show come on after it or something. I don't know that. I'm not oh, that old, all right, man. <laughs> Yeah, the good old days. Hey guys, have we got some uh, we got some listener questions for Richie? Yeah, we've got a couple uh, on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, got a couple from uh, Joel Baton. Oh, Joel Baton. Here we go. Which may have, may have heard yeah. of him. Um, what is HVWA, and who would headline the inevitable HVWA oh, reunion show? Right. All right, so HVWA was the best rest backyard wrestling company um, here in Australia. Um, they were based out of Hunter Valley, so Hunter Valley Wrestling Alliance. Um, who would headline that? That's a good question. Well, it'd have to be Robbie Eagles. He went down there all the time. So he would have to headline with um, CJ Phoenix, who has just recently started training. So that could happen. Actually, can someone do a backyard show again? Can we have a backyard show? Someone make that happen. That is awesome. I love backyard wrestling. It's the best. Well, that's a, um, fun time. Got Phil's set. got a ring. There you go. I'm hitting up Phil. That's it. Hit up <laughs> Phil. I don't have it in front of me, but we did get a question from, uh, from Jules versus the world, and it was uh, along the lines of, what do you eat? Where do you get your protein? <laughs> 
<laughs> the grass. No, um, no, heaps of protein. Heaps of protein in vegetables, tofu, beans, uh, quinoa, you know, mock meat has a whole heap of protein in it too. Um, yeah. Obviously, Jules is being facetious because he's also a vegan. 100%. I love that man. He's my dad. We look so similar. He's I call a, him my dad. He's a good human. Very. He, very, very good similar. human being. I feel better just knowing him. Now, yeah, Corbin, he, um, he sorry, ability to make me feel better when I talk to him, which I uh, always appreciate. Yeah, for sure. Me too. It's, it's crazy. It's a, it's a good trait to have. Corbett has sent through a message on Facebook saying, when wrestling goes back to normal, he would really love to see you and Mike win the tag team titles. And who would you like to take on in your first challenge? Oh, man. Um... Is it bad that I don't know that many Australian tag teams? Can it be any sort of tag teams? <laughs> any, <laughs> the Young Bucks. Any, give us anyone. The Young Bucks. The Young Bucks. Yeah. I'll have to do all the work because Mike's too old. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Mike. I love you, Mike. Fair. Fair call. Uh, I got one of my own. Um, you know, you took a, a couple of year break. In between, yes. you know, yeah, in the middle of your wrestling career, what what yep. was the reasoning behind that? And then, obviously, coming back, uh, what was that like? Yeah, all right. So, a little bit of a story. So, bear with me. So, I went from backyard wrestling at thirteen. You know, it was just me and my mates having an awesome time. You know, we didn't have a care in the world. Every weekend, we were just out there wrestling. You know, um, and then when I turned eighteen, I was like, all right, I want to get serious. I want to do pro wrestling. So I went to a place called Alpha and Mike Burr was the head trainer. And Alpha was okay. Uh, Mike was a good trainer. I loved, I loved Mike's training. Um, one of his training drills was stand in the corner and don't flinch. So we'd hold the rope in the corner and he would just like forearm and chop the shit out of us. And we were just like, just holding, just not making any noise. Um, so he beat the crap out of us, which was awesome. So yeah, we did Alpha for a little bit and then Alpha obviously shut. Um, and then there was nowhere else for me to go that was kind of local. So I backed yard again. I was back in the backyard doing some shit. And then I went to PCW. And there was, you know, I was young and naive and I thought I was the best. I'm not going to lie. I thought I was better than everyone there. I had a bit of an ego on me and looking back at it now, it's fucking ridiculous. But... um. Yeah, so they weren't doing what I thought um, they should be doing with me. They wanted to give me all these shit gimmicks like True Blue, Aussie, Richie Taylor. And I was like, nah, man, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, so I started to lose interest, all the politics backstage and stuff. I was like, man, I was coming from the backyard where it was all fun and coming here and you have to compete with everyone, like suck up the booker's ass and stuff. And it just wasn't me. So... Um, I did a few matches for them and then eventually like uh, my drinking got out of control as well. And yeah, with that and just not them doing what I thought they should, I went, that's it. I've had enough of wrestling and I gave it away. Um, then it wasn't until I met my wife and, you know, I got sober and she was like, Oh, you really love wrestling. Maybe you should give it one more go. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. And she sort of like just gave me that little nudge that I needed. And I went back to NAW and started training and 
yeah, and now we're here. Great story. Fantastic story. Mate, at the, uh, at the end of wrestling for you, whenever that may be in the next couple of years, whatever time that takes, do you just get out of wrestling altogether or do you stick around and, and is there something you'd like to do outside of the ring? That is a really good question. And I've been, you know, stuck at home, obviously on isolation, thinking about what, what I do want to do after wrestling. I think I will have a little break. But then I think I would like to maybe train, do some training or something. Um, I think I still want to be involved in some sort of way. Um, but that's if anyone lets me train students. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but if you not, you know. You can't replace sorry. experience, mate. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, if, if no one wants me to take training or anything, well, it's been a hell of a ride, man. It's, it's been good. No, we don't have to worry about back. it yet. We don't have to worry about back. it yet. Yeah, that's right. You a couple of years time. Can, can always be a backyard booker. Oh, for sure. Maybe I'll just start my own backyard promotion. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, that's how, just, Be- that's how Beyond started. Yeah. <laughs> There's enough guys in uh, the western suburbs, mate. You could easily get a, a show every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll tell you what, though. I used to see some fights at some of those pubs in Werribee and... Uh, yeah. Just get some of those guys in the ring. <laughs> oh, you, you probably saw me at some of the pubs. Um, <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, the Tudor. The Tudor. Do you remember the Tudor? Yeah, I remember oh, yeah. the Tudor. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> mate. That was rough as yeah. guts. And the vault. The vault wasn't the vault. The vault wasn't fantastic 20 years ago either. Oh, no. Nah, just a sticky floor all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would have been blazing for there. you. <laughs> I did my best work at the vault. Oh, did you? <laughs> Would have been was, Blazers when Tony was on the dance floor. Yeah, uh, yes. I, don't, yeah. I think it was pre pre well, Blazers. Kramers. <laughs> well, good um, Blazers. But honestly, though, uh, with you having a style that not many in the country wrestle the same style as you, I think that it's uh, it's vital that you keep your head in the business in some way to work with the the younger kids coming through. Yeah, well, I would like to think so, but I don't know. At the moment, the style I do isn't really um, isn't really in fashion with the young kids at the moment. So who knows? Maybe in five years' time, it'll change, and people want to want to just forearm instead of doing six thirties. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. When when forearms are better for the hurt. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But we're saying that I do like a good six thirty. Okay, like. I do like flips. I can't do them. I wish I could. <laughs> Actually, I, you, get, I get sore watching them. Yeah. <laughs> a, a question for you in regards to some of the young talent going around at the moment. You've, uh, you, as you said, you have wrestled a fair bit around the country over yep. the last few years. Uh, who's the, some of the good young talent or, or maybe the best young talent you've seen at the moment going around? Oh, mate. Um, Royce has to be right up there. Like Sammy Falcon. Even Ryan Rapid, I really like. Uh, yeah, Ryan's great. Yeah, Ryan's work as well. Um, some of the other younger dudes. Like Kid Valiant, he's only a kid. It's so weird. Kid Valiant is closer to my son's age than he is my age. Really? Right? It's, it's crazy, man. Um, he did but, like our second or third episode when he just started training. He did? Oh, really? Yeah, because um, his dad's a friend of mine. Um, and... To see him come along really quickly has been really pleasing. Yeah, he's a really good kid. 
I and actually, a guy, a guy called Kobe actually posted on Facebook, "When are you taking on Kim Gullion?" <laughs> oh, what? Oh, it was already supposed to happen, but I was too injured because I'm fucking old. So, <laughs> um, hopefully soon. Hopefully, when we get back up and running and um, NAW book it, um, it's a little bit harder to get on there now. But um, hopefully, hopefully we can make that happen. I like wrestling the younger dudes. It's cool. Is there a do you really like the fact that um, when you get to wrestle the younger dudes and they come to you and ask for your opinion and they can take that sort of constructive criticism, um, how important is that? Yeah, it's, it still feels surreal to me because I don't think I'm that good. I, so when they come and ask me for my opinion, I'm, I'm still a little bit rattled. So like I obviously give it to them and they can take away what they want, but um, it's always good to get feedback from anyone anyway. Like, not just the more experienced dudes, just anyone that's watched your match. Okay. So, because there's always something you can do differently that maybe I haven't seen or, you know, the next person. So, just always ask for feedback to anyone that's watched your match. That's what I think, anyway. All right, Richie. Not so no. much, not so no. much Tony, though, because he, um, his feedback will be, uh, Usually on the working blue kind of side. <laughs> It'll send you some links. Don't worry about that. No, exactly. <laughs> hey, Richie, I saw that you uh, were really wrapped to be on the podcast. So I can tell you, mate, we're really wrapped to have had you on the podcast. Oh. This has been three years in the making. It's, uh, I'm glad we finally got it to happen. No, thank you so much for having me on, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Night, and we'll mate. try and organise something for that meal because I reckon we might be able to yeah. get some video content out of that. Look, 100% yeah, man. If you just want to go out for a vegan meal, I'm down 100%. All right. No, we'll, we'll bring uh, we'll Jules as well. Oh, for sure. Bring that man. I love him. Done. Hey, Richie, thanks, mate. Uh, enjoy your time of rest for the next couple of months, and uh, hopefully we're not too far away from getting you back inside the ring. For sure. Thank you, guys. Richie Taylor joining us thanks, here Richie. on The Turnbuckle. Welcome back, folks. Part two of the program this week. Great to have uh, Richie Taylor on, guys. He's a, a ripper bloke. Yeah, a lot of fun talking to Richie and uh, hearing some of his stories and some of his motivations for wrestling. Yeah, definitely. Definitely really good. You know, a little chat about uh, him having a little bit of time off. So, you know, and he's come back. So, yeah, really good. All right. I didn't get a, uh, a rundown, so we're going to do this blind, boys. I hope you don't mind that. Lyle, didn't you send in the rundown? Of course I did. I emailed it to you, Tony. Well, then I'll have a look at the rundown. But all we've really got to talk about is <laughs> WrestleMania, isn't it? No, there's a few other things. Well, let's start off with WrestleMania. Uh, impressions of the two nights, boys? Well, Tony, we kind of need the rundown for this because Tony, uh, Lyle has separated it. Oh, yeah, okay. I've broken it up. Broken it up so it looks better. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk about Firefly Funhouse first up. What a piece of shit that was. Hey. hey I didn't like on, it fantastic. at all. I didn't like it at you all. Have, you have no imagination. Oh, you didn't get on. it, did you, Tony? No. Yeah. 
Well, no, I did. I, I got it. I got it that it was through the years, and it was all. But it, yeah, it was just weird. Yeah, but the, it's meant to be weird. The match took place like in another realm inside John Cena's mind, like yeah. Freddy Krueger movies. Yeah. yeah. I, I I really watch it, Tony. You read that. You read that rundown I sent you. Read it again. Rewatch it. It's um a masterpiece of storytelling where. Yes, it was weird, and there were times where I was like, "What the fuck am I watching?" But <laughs> it really does tell the story of John Cena refusing to change his character, or yeah. refusing to embrace the hate. Last time they wrestled, and then he embraced it, and he lost. I tell you it's, what, I did um, love though. I love the Vince McMahon doll. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> that was good shit. <laughs> yeah, poking a bit of fun at themselves, which. It's always interesting uh, when two companies having shots at each other. If you, I always found if you took a shot at yourself, it does take the air out of the person trying to insult you's tires. So it'll be interesting. It was. Um, look, I love the Firefly Funhouse. Um, I understand why some people probably didn't, but I feel like it told a really good story. It wasn't a, a match per se, but um, it was really creative. And we wanted something creative and something that we'd remember WrestleMania by. And I feel like the two matches we were most worried about are what WrestleMania is going to be remembered for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the three things. You're going to have the Boneyard match, the Firefly Funhouse, and the no crowd. That's what we're going to remember from this WrestleMania. Um, So, yeah, like you said, they gave us weird moments. It was crazy, you know. Maybe, Tony, if you tried a little bit of LSD or some mushrooms and tried to watch it. <laughs> oh, no, that'd maybe... be hard on mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, maybe it makes a little bit more sense. But, you know, yeah, the John Cena tying into the NWO and not turning heel when the crowd basically wanted him to. But, you know, he was a uh, merchandise juggernaut at the time. So, yeah, they chose not to. And, you know, maybe he should have put Ray White over uh, six years ago um, when, you know, Ray did have the whole world in his hands at the time. But credit to John Cena, who was there for all of these ideas and um, really took the piss out of himself and um, didn't take himself too seriously. I thought that it was phenomenal. Yeah. Having Bray call him Superman, which is what the internet wrestling community called John Cena for four or five years. Um, Super Cena. Yeah, Super Cena. So, yeah, like you said, taking the piss out of himself. And, well, I really enjoyed it, Tony. Oh, good on him. I'm glad they tried something different. I have no doubt about that. I will go back and I will rewatch it again and see if that uh, helps me at all. All the uh, the, the most memorable nothing can help you, Tony. No, you're probably right. <laughs> the most memorable match definitely was though on night one for me, and that was the Boneyard match. That was just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Tony. I enjoyed the Boneyard match more um, than the Firefly Funhouse, maybe because it was a bit more wrestling orientated. Um, I think me and Welsh you were speaking earlier today. It was like the end of a fight scene for the end of a movie, you know, or a TV show. Well, that's you know, your the, opinion. Like, yeah. Oh, no, but I, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I like think the it baby, was good. Yeah, the baby face um, conquering the heel at the end of a TV series, uh, per se. Oh, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, they could So is around. that it? 
is that it for the undertaker now do we think no i wouldn't have thought so i think this has given him a new lease on life (laughs) and i agree with you but if you had a look at the uh the the 12 minutes that they showed of his documentary it just seems to be getting harder and harder for him to get up every year doesn't it but if he does these boneyard matches uh he's not taking a lot of bumps it's sort of spaced out they filmed that over eight hours i heard wow um i think i think he's he could do another five of those boneyard matches yeah shoot shoot around i don't know, whether you want five. I don't know if you want five but i don't know do if you five. want another one that's going to be a one-off you, you couldn't do that again no um I, I want to see it again i obviously it has to warrant it and be creative of how they get there again with a different uh another opponent um, I really, really enjoyed the creativity that WWE brought to the whole weekend of, you know, it, no crowd. It was shit. It was shit. So they brought out the creative side and they went, they went all in on it. Um, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. You know, I think the Undertaker documentary series that they're going to release eventually, and that's him just warming up to him eventually having to give a Hall of Fame speech and stuff like that. So he can speak a little bit more out of character. He did the Austin podcast earlier in the year. Um, which know, I thought was fantastic. We, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we don't get to see Mark Calloway. Yeah. Uh, very often. So uh, that, that teaser to the, his uh, retirement series, I'm assuming it's going to lead into, you know, but that looks amazing. Yeah, and can uh, Steve Austin please just stop talking about himself? I'd rather Actually, talk about himself than half the guests he has on. <laughs> <laughs> if he didn't well, talk he's about talk- himself, the podcast would go for 15 minutes, I reckon. Well, he's got to talk about his feuds with them. Um, I want to see him and uh, Kevin Nash get drunk and do one. Oh, that'd be good. That, that, that'd be yeah, good that'd stories. Be good. Uh, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte. Thoughts on that one, guys? What a match. Yeah, it was yeah, a great match. That yeah. was, um, yeah, if that had been in front of a crowd, that would have been uh, almost match of the night. Uh, and it was close to match of the weekend from a wrestling perspective as well. Rhea's a star. Um, uh, people are upset about the result uh, from the sounds of things. Rhea's back in Australia because her work visa ended. So she had to drop the title. So I think she'll be back in that title picture when she's back in the States. But she was she was made to look amazing. Charlotte, we all know what she can do and what has she has done in her career. But Rhea was her equal. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I thought it was um, just in-ring quality as the wrestling match of the weekend for mine. Um, yeah, they both busted their ass. Disappointing it was in front of a crowd. Um, going... The later everyone getting upset with the result, which I feel was justified, but now that with the reports coming out about the visa issue, it makes sense now. And hopefully they can get that sorted. If she can get back in the country at a later she date, she won't be able to go back for a while. Yeah, so well, they can build it up, and she can come back and conquer NXT and get her title back uh, whenever all this is over. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, what next for Brock Lesnar, boys? Um, I think he'll go away for a while and then he'll come back in a prominent storyline around SummerSlam. Um, yeah, I don't think 
Is there Brock another title anything? for Brock? <laughs> Who knows? Does they Brock do need like it? Putting... Sorry, does Brock need a title to keep going? Is that that's what I'm? No, no, no. Brock no. doesn't need a title. He just needs a story he can sink his teeth into. Um, and they'll find something for him to do around SummerSlam, and he'll he'll be back. Uh, but he, yeah, I think he'll be, at least with the title off his off of his waist. It means him going away is not a problem for the fans who get upset about those sorts of things. <laughs> nah, he 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 deserves a he deserves a break. He worked his ass off in that uh, that Royal Rumble match. So he, he didn't. He had the off. night off at WrestleMania, though. <laughs> hey, that's been a Brock think, match. Do you think he would have done more if there was a crowd there? Um, it's it's hard to say because I personally he, think he would have. Yeah, well, he may have. He may have been motivated to, or you know. He, how many F5s did Drew end up kicking out of? And um, There was only three moves. Of, there was only three moves in the whole the match. One. Yeah. So well, that's if you're not counting a Claymore as a move. Well, the Claymore's a move. There was Claymore's, yeah. there was an F5, and there was German suplexes. That was it. Three moves. They were the only moves in the whole match. Well, it's like every Brock, Brock Lesnar match, like Lyle said then. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> no, no, it's... Uh, look... He'll be back, I think. But I do think that would have been a completely different match in front of a crowd. Um, Brock isn't known for wanting to work any extra than he has to. Yeah. I think if there was a crowd there, maybe they would have went into a bit more of a heat spot just to get the crowd right behind Drew um, for that eventual Claymore and pin right at the end would have really popped the crowd nicely. I feel bad that Drew didn't get his... You know, in front of a crowd moment holding the up the title moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so hopefully he gets a decent run with some good storylines to make up for that. It is a good story, though, isn't it, Drew McIntyre? As we saw on the, the broadcast, he was always anointed the chosen one and was meant to be the next best thing. Uh, that didn't happen for him through that middle period, but now he's uh, turned that right around. It really is a good wrestling story. Well, I mean, also, he was a. <clears throat> For the last 12 months, well, with the exception of since Royal Rumble, but prior to Royal Rumble, he didn't win a... I don't think he won a single feud he was in. Yeah. So you called you you like to call Daniel Bryan jobber to the, the jobby. stars, Tony, but definitely <laughs> Drew was doing that, doing that work for quite a while. He was playing second fiddle to Baron Corbin. Um, so it's been a really good turnaround for him. Um, first ever British World Heavyweight champion as well uh, in WWE. Edge and Randy Orton. Is yeah, it went going, on a bit, it? didn't it? Probably went on about one. 15 minutes too long. Well, you're I being generous. <laughs> I love... No, 15 minutes is about right. I I love Edge, but yeah, that was... Um, you know what it was? was? Can I tell you what it was? It was an absolute we've got a bigger dick than you fight. It was that WWE showing the rest of the world just exactly what is their performance center. And nobody <laughs> else has got what we've got. And that's what it was. It was they went to every room of the performance center. They showed every box that every camera's in. And it was just, this is us. This is what we are. That's exactly what it was. I don't know. I think the two guys put the match together. So um, I don't know how much in, uh, of an um, impact that had on it. I think it was just the two guys put it together. 
and no one had the balls to correct them when they went too long. Yeah, I think I think if they had their time again, the people that are editing the show together, they could easily edit ten minutes out of that. Yeah, you know, nice camera cuts and stuff like that. Yeah, it was I see, through that middle. It was very tedious. I see people um, were critical of the commentary, which I thought was fine. I didn't mind the soft commentary, which added to the more brutal moments in the match. And the other thing that people have been critical of was the use of the weight machine, um, comparing it to the Chris Benoit thing, which I personally didn't see. What did you think? I didn't. It didn't even register in my head when I seen it uh, until what the next day when I seen um, it was going off on Twitter. So my head wasn't there, and I'd only recently watched the Benoit uh, Dark Side of the Ring. You know, the it week only before. recently got aired. <laughs> yeah, so so it was fresh in my mind, and I didn't see it. I can understand people putting two and two together, but he didn't. They didn't put the weight machine around his neck and choke him. It was held up by the arms. Um, yeah, maybe someone could have just edited it off if anyone thought it, but I don't, I don't think Edge or Orton were looking. I've for heard a someone Benoit flagged callback. it. I've heard someone flagged it should we be doing it and then the higher ups at the very top Vince said no nah, it's fine yep so uh. so I tell you what this coronavirus has done for us guys it's actually allowed companies to do things that they've wanted to do for a long time and now they're doing it under the guys like Safeway getting you to pack your own bags this is going to be something that's going to move forward in the future two nights of Wrestlemania it's something that probably WWE wanted to try because they could sell two nights of tickets do we think that this is going to be something moving forward now? I don't think that they will, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Um, I feel like two nights takes away from how special your WrestleMania moment is, but also two nights gets more people on the card. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but I don't think they will yet. I, okay. I, think, they, I think they will. This is, you know easily to say, oh, they only did it because Wrestle Kingdom did it. But I thought this year their reasoning was, hey, who's going to sit and watch WrestleMania for six or seven hours with no crowd? Yeah. It's easy to break it up. We've taped it the week before anyway. Um, I think next year they can do it. Just have two three-hour shows instead of, you know, because six or seven hours of wrestling, that's tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether you're in the crowd or I, not, that, that, I don't think crowd. Wrestle Kingdom will do it. I don't think Wrestle Kingdom will do it again. No. If if the right matches are there, I think they no, will. they won't because I, they only did it because it was on the Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. See, well, they, no. It, yeah. The dates have to line up again. They're not going to have it on a Sunday or two weeknights. That's because that's because it's the end of their holidays for New Year. Yeah. It all revolves around that, and everyone goes back to work on the fifth. So I don't think Wrestle Kingdom will do it again, but um, WWE, they might, but I don't think they will yet. All right, well, we'll wait and see on that one. Uh, Jewish, there's some great documentaries coming out at the moment, isn't there? The Edge documentary and the, uh, the Taker documentary just look spectacular from the shorts that we've seen. Uh, the Edge documentary, I've seen the whole thing. Oh, have you? Uh, okay, is, I haven't seen that yet. It is incredible. Uh, I loved every single second of it. I watched it twice. Um, it had 
me in tears in moments. My partner, who doesn't like wrestling, watched it and loved it. I, rec- I could not recommend it any more strongly. I think it's the best thing just about WWE have ever done, documentary. Well, there you go. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm really no, mate, looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, make, make sure you watch it, Tony. I think oh, will, uh, don't worry. Yeah, it'll make you cry. I'm, an, I'm a known crier at wrestling anyway, so three or four times had me uh, tearing up. Um, yeah, the whole story of him getting cleared and you know, his comeback and everything falling into place while they were filming um, you know, a 24-7 with Edge anyway. Um, yeah, really good story. Good storytelling. WWE do these documentaries uh, great. So, yeah, yeah, go anyway and watch it. Certainly do. Uh, I haven't had a chance and I was going to watch the Big Show show this week, but I didn't get a chance because there was a couple of other things for me to do. So I'll give you a report on that next week. Did you watch it, Lyle? Uh, st- stand by for my cancelling, Tony. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's get into it then. That's next up. Welshie, what are you going to cancel? Or should I ask? The big show show. <laughs> <laughs> it is the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. Yes. You're going to love it, Tony. I will. I love um, 80s family sitcom. I'm currently two episodes in. It's every bit as bad as Fuller House, the remake of Full House. Right. Um, the acting is putrid. The writing's probably a little bit worse than the acting. Um, the first episode revolves around the big show, um, has his older daughter from a previous marriage coming to live with him, and there's a whole argument is over what, uh, which of the three children gets their own room. Now, I don't know what Big Show's done with his wrestling money, but how he can't afford a four-bedroom house <laughs> is beyond me. And the Big Show's partner, why is she referring to him as Big Show? Are all well, wrestlers, that's his name. Are all wrestlers' partners... Uh, referring to them by their uh, worker name, like was Akeem the African Dream's wife calling him Akeem? And the honky tonk man was always referred to as the honky tonk man. Well, no, what she called him the. What happens to he a was bloke the greatest like intercontinental Shock... champion? What about a bloke like Shockmaster, who had like Shockmaster? He was tugboat. He was typhoon. What did his wife call him? Michael. <laughs> His name was Fred. <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't call him Fred. <laughs> no, you wouldn't call him Fred. Fred's the <laughs> worst sounds, of all those names. That sounds like a dog's name. Definitely uh, Tugboat. Yeah, 100%. You go with Tugboat. Yeah, you don't want to shock Master. That's just uh, kicking him while he's down. Hurricane. Yeah, look, good. it's really, it's really, it's really freaking bad. Good. Um, so if you like that sort of stuff, I'll, I'm going to battle through the next six episodes, but battle is the operative word. Fantastic. Are you, uh, for those people that uh, don't know, we're actually doing this on Zoom at the moment. Are you like getting up three kilometres of walking inside your house or something? Yeah, I'm just stopped. trying to avoid. I'm just trying to avoid everyone in the house. Well, there's only one person. He's trying and to get a step. There's up, a only. cat and a dog as well. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm also running out of battery on my phone. I'm a little, a little bit worried. AEW and NXT review, Lyle. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's tough watching uh, with these no crowd events. Um, so the shows, yeah, they're a little bit hit and miss there. Um, AEW having a couple of people in the crowd and the commentators. Wait, wait, a couple of people? Like how many? Well, other than, well, there was wrestlers at ringside like normally. But then there was just, I don't know if they were fans or not, but the commentary was pointing them out an awful lot, saying they outdrew a uh, 
big wrestling show from the previous weekend. So I don't, yeah, I'm not okay. A little bit sus, a little bit well, sus so, for that, Tony. Well, two uh, blokes in the crowd, old Ben from the Muppet style. Well, there was yeah, yeah, but they were distanced. Obviously, they were a few meters apart. But yeah, just yeah, the the guys on commentary bringing it up, saying um, you know, they've outdrawn the largest wrestling. You know, so they outdrew WrestleMania this week's Dynamite. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was earlier on in the show. And obviously I watched NXT after that. And uh, by the end of NXT uh, TV show, there was four people in their crowd. So they outdrew <laughs> Dynamite. Uh, so, you know, WWE. Did you see there was one place. fan at WrestleMania? Yeah, it was up on the roof. I saw it. It, it came in and shot every fan. now and then. Yeah, it was. <laughs> You've been into that joke. I was just about to say it. <laughs> Buggy you. And he, he was going all night, so he's the. it didn't tie him out. He probably could do it seven hours in a row. That was going to become the funniest joke I've ever done on this show in three <laughs> years, and he killed me. It, doesn't have a, it didn't have a lot of competition. <laughs> I, I can't wait till we listen back to this and Tony's edited it back in for himself. Put <laughs> <laughs> yourself wait. over, Tony. Just you wait. Uh, <laughs> Let's have a look at what's happening in wrestling this weekend here in Australia. Friday. Big weekend. Big weekend. Absolutely Tony. nothing happening on Friday. Then we move into Saturday. Oh, it's Good Friday. Of course nothing's happening. Well, exactly. Uh, there's not even the... Uh, there's only one hour of the telethon, of the Royal Children's Hospital telethon. It's Some just would argue that's weird. one hour too yeah, fucking too much. much. Uh, true. Uh, Saturday, absolutely nothing on Saturday wrestling-wise. Oh, so and similar Sunday, last then. week. And then Sunday. Now, Sunday's huge. Sunday yep. is the biggest lot of nothing we've ever seen. Oh. What's well, a... That's a letdown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good this, weekend this, for uh, documentaries. Australian wrestling boom better slow down. It's getting ahead of itself. You can jump on the uh, Australian wrestling site, so, and have a look at a lot of their back catalogue, MCW and uh, PCW and PWA and all those. So make sure you do that because there's plenty of great stuff from the past that can now become your future. Did anyone catch the Jonah Rock documentary, the Bronson Reed documentary that MCW put up on their Facebook page? Not yet. Yeah. It goes uh, for about 20 minutes, Tony, I think. Yeah, maybe 15, 20 minutes. All right, I'll have a look. Yeah, yeah. right in Tony's wheelhouse for his, um, for his uh, attention span. Yep, that's about yeah. it. Um, squeeze it, squeeze it <laughs> in between the big show show. It's, it's very good, very well done. So congratulations to Mikey. On that, and yeah, hope go. You're right. No, you're right, mate. You're right. No, no, no. You finish off. I was just hopefully they can do some more stuff like that. I know I'm they sure already had a lot of that in the can. That was good timing to release it. Um, yeah, hopefully they've got a few more of those mini documentaries in the works. All right, if you've got an idea for a podcast, make sure you contact us here at My Podcast House or on the Turnbuckle for our Facebook page and we can get you on the air. Good on you, boys. Always great to talk to you now. We're going to do a show next week or we're going to hang off for a couple of weeks? Uh, leave it. We're not sure yet. If we don't do a show live, we'll do a throwback Thursday. We'll find one of our yeah. old interviews and chuck that up. Definitely. I think we've got our graphics person back on board for next week. So, All right. Um, that's uh, delightful. Thanks to Alexa. All right. Lovely. Uh, boys, have a great week. Enjoy isolation. I'm going happy back Easter. to work next week, so I'm happy with that. All right. On the turnbuckle done and dusted for another week. We'll catch you again very soon right here on mypodcasthouse.com.